0: I talk with my husband a lot, but I have never talked by myself in front of this group of women. So I'm shaking, and I'm, yeah, I figured. But this will help a little bit with the nerves. Should just how's that? You can also take it off if you want to. Is that okay? I might take it off. I might do that. Okay, I am. I've, I've talked with my husband in front of large group people. We talked at the marriage conference together, and uh, but this is a little different. So um, bear with me with the ums and the shaking until I get going um, with this. Um, but uh, um, see, <laughs> let me um, just start with a real brief. Um, just telling you all about John and my story. We have been married for almost 13 years, to be 13 years this July, and we met in high school. We started dating our senior year and dated for about three and a half years and then our junior year in college um, just kind of were at the point where we could kind of take the plunge and get married or um, take a little break. And we really weren't, I would say we, John was really not at the point to, to take the plunge. And I knew deep down, he initiated it, I knew deep down that's what we needed to do and it was really a great, great thing for us to take almost a year break and um, during that time we were apart for a year like I said in the summer we were apart and really didn't talk at all and we were both doing some separate mission work just doing some stuff with a a YWAM a youth with a mission type organization and spent some time overseas and it was, I look back on that summer, it's really a watermark um, and just a high point in my spiritual life. And I remember sitting, um, actually in the Alps, and um, it's easy to get close to the Lord in the Alps. But um, I remember sitting there and just over that couple of weeks, just praying and just reading through Scripture and just praying, Lord, I would love to marry this man I would love you know for John to be the one that you have in my life but really coming to the point where I was completely okay with it not being John really was completely okay with it not being anyone Lord I wouldn't like that I don't think it would be really hard but just to come to the point where Lord you are all I need you meet every one of my needs I'm totally complete in you if you have a husband for me great but just to know and just to really, for the first time, I think, come to the point where he was the total, just to be cliche, just the lover of my soul. He really was. And I really, um, really knew that for the first time and just really kind of grasped that for the first time. So that was really, like I said, a sweet, sweet spiritual kind of high for me and, um, like I said, just watermark in my life. And, um, but we got back to, to um, our senior year of school and started hanging out again. And December just thought, you know what? What are we doing? We're hanging out, not even officially dating again. But um, what are we doing? Let's get married. And so we got engaged in January and married in July of '95, and had four kids and seminary and um, lots of things since then. And we have four kids: Dawson is eight, Maddie is six, Hudson is four, and Emmy is two. And um, it has been just a really um, amazing 12 years. And John's um, role here at Watermark is the director of married ministry, and that has been so great for our marriage. Um, he's always telling people these things, and we are together, and just reminding that, hey, we we have not arrived, and we have to constantly be practicing the things that we are telling the pre or that he's telling couples that are hurting um, when he's counseling them, and so it's really been a phenomenal thing for our marriage, uh, but when Kristen Shore asked me, gosh, three or four months ago, be, um, to talk, and just what I thought about talking today, um, I was excited about it, and I think I... Just to be totally honest with y'all, I think I just thought I need to step up my game and I need to be super wise um, just to get ready for this. And so, again, just to be totally honest, the last few months, I've kind of forgotten what I learned in Switzerland and that the Lord meets all my needs and that to love my husband. I need to be loving him first. And I was just going in my own strength, just loving my husband and kids. And I told the girls in my community group a few weeks ago, I have no idea why I'm talking. I stink at loving my husband, stink at loving my kids. And so God has really just brought that back to me and just brought back that I cannot do that without his strength and without his love first. And so I'm really talking to myself today. And if you all learn something, it's just kind of a bonus. Um, but And so to start that... Um, There's lots of things I'm going to share with y'all just about the way we can meet our husbands. needs lots of fun, hopefully, and practical things. But I would love for y'all to hear, and this is my biggest prayer, for y'all to hear this first. Because if you don't hear this, um, all of it is kind of in vain. And that is just... um, to um, get a correct view of the importance of marriage um, and the priorities in marriage. And that is, you all know them in your head. I know them. It's God first, right? Then our husband. Then our children. And so um, when we look back at the Old Testament and look at Israel and all the pagan nations, you know, worshiping idols... And, you know, just an idol is anything that we put above God. And we just think, ugh, you know, just, but then I look at my heart and I go, that's what I've been doing. I have been, you know, good intentions trying to love my husband, um, but I've been doing that a lot more than I've been trying to love my Savior. And so just um, with convicted just with the idolatry, frankly, that that is when we love our husband or our children more than we love our Lord. Um, and then in John, First John four seven it says, "Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God." So I can't truly love anyone, my kids, my husband, my friends, without God loving me. That's how that's how we have the ability to love um, from our husbands loving us. Um, and then in Colossians three one through three, just talks about that we. Um, have been raised with Christ, we set our hearts on things above. And in verse 3 it says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so um, my friend Jeannie Cox says, she's going to be here next month, but she said, If you are not complete in Christ, you will compete with your husband. So if we are not secure with who we are in Christ and who we are as a child of God, then um, instead of serving and loving our husbands, we will, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, we will compete with him and we will um, try to get all we can from him. And so, just to um, to be secure in Christ is huge um, for the way that we love our husband. And then finally, I love this verse. Just in the last few years, as John and I have um, kind of looked at this verse and just seen how that applies, how it really applies to marriage. First Peter 3:7 says, "In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife in an understanding way as you live together. Treat her as you should, so that your prayers will not be hindered." And so we could also, I think, they could turn around, and that could be speaking to wives too. Wives, live with your husband in an understanding way. So just like um, I cannot love my husband... Without first loving the Lord. So my, my relationship with the Lord is tied to how I love my husband. I think it's the other way, too, that our relationship with the Lord is affected by how we love our husband. And so um, I would say today, if you feel like you're dry spiritually, um, your prayers are kind of not going anywhere, your time with the Lord is dry, there could be a lot of reasons for that. But I would just encourage y'all and myself just to um, think about the fact that it might be because I am not and you're not... Seeking to live with your husband in an understanding way and that is affecting your relationship with the Lord and so um, yeah so that just the importance of, of that of just loving God first it's the, really the most important thing I was praying for y'all today all these verses are in the handout and we'll look at that in just a minute um, but there are any verse I'm using today is in the handout but the second thing that um, is leading up to this I've just been praying for you guys and for myself is that y'all would not um, leave overwhelmed Um, I I know that when I go to hear someone talk about parenting or marriage or nutrition and go to the marriage conference, parenting conference, I can leave just defeated, um, that I have 50 things that I stink at and I'm not doing anything well, I'm the worst mom I'm the worst wife um, I would just encourage y'all um, just to look at the few things that you're doing well, that you're doing well and loving your husband and then just take one or two things, I'm going to give y'all some real practical things, um, hopefully, but just take one or two things, not 50 y'all, no, none of us can do that right now um, just one or two things that you can take home and, and put into practice. Um, so let me just pray for us as we as we start but again just wanted to kind of overarch those two things just um loving god first and then just not to not to be overwhelmed but be encouraged today so let me pray for us lord thank you um, that you created marriage and um more than that that you loved us first and lord just remind us that we cannot love our husbands or our kids or our friends um, without you loving us. And um, just thank you for these women, these friends um, that are in this room and just the way so many of them have just encouraged me and exhorted me just to be a better wife and um, a better mom and a better friend. And I just pray that we would just have a great time today and that we would just be encouraged with what we are doing well and then just challenged to take some steps just to love our husband in just a few areas better. Um, thank you again that you... Um, Give us everything we need to love our husbands and you give us everything we need for life and godliness and that we are complete in you and that we really don't need anything else. But thank you that you have given us husbands and um, allowed us to have marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Get a drink. Okay, I just want to briefly touch on the five love languages. Um, I know the kind of on the advertisement we today talked about that, and I really want to spend the most of our time just talking about the five basic needs of a man. But most of y'all have probably, and y'all grab the handouts if you want, just look at the first page only. Um, but the five love languages written by Gary Chapman, not Amy Grant's ex-husband, but another Gary Chapman. I always thought it was him. Um, And they are, basically his premise is that um, everyone feels loved kind of in certain ways. And so the five love languages are gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and physical touch. Um, and there's books up here after which y'all can come look at that and stuff. So really, you feel most loved in a couple of those. I feel most loved when John um, writes me a note and just affirms me. Um, he feels most loved when I just sit on the couch and talk with him and have quality time. So um, again, those are if you're writing down gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and physical touch. And so um, those are great. We use those with our pre-married class. They are great conversation starters. They're great... Um, great for them just to kind of take a little test and, and look at you know what their love languages are but they really are more an art than a science they're not precise they change through time and so we really just look at them as a tool to help couples move toward one not kind of the end all be all of the relationship and so if you think about it um, one thing we've seen and I've seen so often is you love the way that you want to be loved it comes naturally to you so I am words of affirmation so for John's 30th birthday I spent hours on on the scrapbook, got notes from his friends from all over the country and pictures, and gave it to him, and he loved it. But he did not sit there and cry and read it for two hours, and I was crushed. <laughs> so, um, like I would have if he had done that for me. And so it ended up having, being a great conversation. He was very sweet and um, apologetic about not weeping over it. But um, but I realized, wow, that was my first thought was to make a scrapbook for him. Whereas probably there would have been other things that would have shown. shown love to him more although he felt loved by that would have shown love to him more so really what a great opportunity to move towards oneness it becomes natural for me to love the way I want to be loved but to really think about how John really is best loved and to work on that just takes a little bit more work and so really we look at it again as just a way for couples to move toward toward oneness. It's also great for conversation so it's going to change through time and so if you're a girl that um, used to be gifts was your love language and then you have kids and it just changes to act of service and you would rather have a diaper changed than something from Tiffany's any day of the week um, and so it changes um, as you move through a different life stage and so it's great um, conversation starts as well. Um, so again it's not a big thing we've seen couples get totally wrapped around the axle over it like he's not loving me at all and he's actually writing her a note every day and bringing her flowers but that's not the way she feels loved and or it's not her love language so she's not feeling loved and so again it's just a great way to communicate and move toward oneness but not the, the final gauge of the relationship But again, you can look at that book up here afterwards. But what I really want to spend the bulk of the time on today is just talking about the um, five top emotional needs of a man. So the blue sheet on your table... um, on the left side, there is a guest column. And so there are ten emotional needs there. And if you all would just take about a minute and rank one to five, what you think are the man's top needs, and one to five, what you think the woman's top needs are. Yes? Is, is five, like, the greatest need. And no, do one. The, one It's the greatest. Yeah, greatest. one to five. Yeah. In general, a man. In general, a man. Right. Men in general. Overall, what do you think? <laughs> okay. A few more seconds. <laughs> Got it? Close. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Let's start with us. What do y'all think is, as a woman, our top five? Just kind of yell them out. What do y'all think? Affection. Yeah? Conversation? Conversation? Honesty and openness. Courtney Burrell, three for three, right here. Family commitment. Family commitment. Financial support. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, affection, conversation, honesty and openness, and then actually, I think it's kind of financial support and family commitment are kind of neck and neck. Okay. What about for a guy? Okay, admiration I heard, sexual fulfillment I heard, affection I heard, um, attractiveness of spouse, they I hear recreational companions, yeah, You anybody say domestic support, okay, well, yeah, we'll talk about what they mean. Okay, let me give you all the answers. Okay, admiration and sexual fulfillment are really kind of too close to call. I know we think sexual fulfillment would be first, but really I think gut little honest, most men would say deep down. It's really, really close, but just to be admired and respected is maybe bottom line. But those are really kind of neck and neck. Admiration, um, attractiveness of spouse, recreational companionship, and domestic support, and we'll talk about what that means. That one's kind of yeah, seriously. And these are out of a book called His Needs, Her Needs by Willard Harley. It's been around for a long time. It's a great book, but um, yeah. So what are okay? This is talk back time. What are as you look at these? What do you notice? What do you notice? Opposite. They are totally opposite. So what are the implications of that in your marriage? Challenge. Challenge? The you know, oh, so women, okay, real quick, the so women are affection, conversation, honesty and openness, financial support, family commitment. And men are respect and sexual fulfillment, trust with the spouse, recreational companionship, domestic support. And yes, they are complete opposite. So, uh, as Melissa said, that implication in your marriage is it's a challenge, right? Um, so basically, we're taking a test that we don't have the answers to, and so what does that mean? We have got to study. Um, we, they are their needs are met in the exact opposite way of ours and so we've got some work to do in that and so we love sacred marriage here at Watermark all our newlyweds read it and um, it's a book by Gary Thomas and the, the subtitle of it if you haven't seen it or read it is what if God intended marriage to make us holy more than happy and what a great way to become holy is by forgetting um, or not forgetting but focusing on needs that don't come naturally to us and um, you know God God does want us to be happy and have a joyful life but a much deeper desire in his heart is for us to be holy and to look like his son and so um, what a great way there's no other way Um, It's as great as marriage to make us holy, quite frankly. And I know you'll probably realize that. Um, But I've heard John often say, and I agree that marriage is, and we talked to the pre class started last night, and all these bright-eyed pre that are dating seriously or engaged, and he gets up, and they call it his patent talk, and he just talks about, you're all going to die. Marriage is so hard. He's trying to scare them off a little bit. But he does just say, um, marriage is more excruciating than I ever thought. But it's also more exhilarating than I ever thought. And I would completely agree um, with that. It is way harder than I thought to be selfless and to focus on my husband's needs when it just doesn't make sense um, sometimes. Um, but it is way more exhilarating um, than I thought. And um, so the last year in our life, a lot of y'all kind of know our story. We've had some serious financial stuff. And the last year has been really, really excruciating. It has not been very fun in our marriage or in our family. It's just life has been really hard. And um, But I can honestly say that it's been the one of the best years of our marriage and that I feel closer to my husband and I feel more um, more loved and cared for by him and more um, in awe and just in respect and admire him than I have ever before. And so it just seems odd um, but that's really true and I just really feel like God is making us more holy, even though maybe it hasn't been the happiest year. Um But couples, this is interesting, um, statistics show that couples who rate their marriages, they're highly satisfied with their marriage, are couples that get joy out of sacrificing for each other. And so the wife who says, honey, sleep in today, but then she's out in the kitchen banging dishes, and she's, you know, secretly just mad that he's back there sleeping. (laughs) That's not really joy in sacrificing. (laughs) Uh, But the times that John will like, okay, honey, sleep in, or when when we had babies, every Sunday afternoon, or most Sunday afternoons, he'd take the older kids and get them completely out of the house so I could take a nap and he was tired too um, but he really got joy in sacrificing for me and couples that do that report that they're highly satisfied in their marriage um, and so today there, you know there's lots of lots of different talks here and so one is um, you know so they don't have the answers to the test either you know to meet our needs and they need to study as well and so there's a whole separate talk about this but just briefly um it's really important for us to be able to communicate our needs to our husbands. Um, you know, they don't—they don't know them either. You know, they, just like we want them to help us know how to meet their needs, they need help from us. And it's not selfish to ask for what we need. Um, I used, to especially in the area of sex. I used to think it's just selfish to you know kind of ask for that. You know, I don't know if I—I I think in the back of my mind I really thought that. But that's not a selfish thing to ask for what we need from our husbands. Um, but those two things being said, it's a lot easier to have that conversation if we are loving our husbands well and so we can ask him for what we need and it comes off a lot better from us if, we, if we're if we striving to love him well and then the second talk that might come out of here um, is one that Jeannie Cox will give you all next month um, just talking about being a helper for your husband and what does submission look like the scary S word what does that look like you know and um, Jeannie is such a perfect person to that she's a great friend and she is frankly just the best speaker I've heard in this area if y'all were at the marriage conference that was one of the highlights of the marriage conference was just to hear Jeannie talk about a woman's role as God intended it in marriage so I would encourage y'all to come back next month and hear her talk about that she's not a doormat Um, she is a feisty strong woman but she loves her husband and submits to him and it's really a great helper for him And so I would encourage y'all to come back and hear her talk about that but neither of those are talks we're having today we are going to talk about those five needs so on your sheet um I have those listed out for you. We're going to start, I know that I said that admiration and um, sexual fulfillment were kind of one and two. We're going to start with admiration and respect, and then we'll do the sex talk last, kind of end with that. But, um, you know, admiration and respect, really because I feel like those kind of overarch everything, Um, that's a great one to start with, and I'm going to have a little prop for each one, so this is actually like a co-ed softball trophy, but... Anyway, so for admiration, just maybe Angie Brown and I were talking about we need like a voice recorder with us all the time because we forget things like in two minutes after we say we're going to do it. So maybe a visual would help you guys. So for admiration and respect, we've got the trophy here. Um, But In Ephesians 5.33 it says, So I say again, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Um, That really hit me. I've looked at that, that we talk about love as being unconditional. And how many times have you said to yourself or to your kids or fought with your husband, I know you don't feel like loving, but love is a choice. You have to choose it even when you don't feel like it. Well, I don't know how respect is any different when I look at that verse. Um, You know, when we are commanded to respect our husbands, I don't feel like respecting John all the time. But it's a choice, just like love is a choice. And so... um, yeah, so that's just—it's a hard choice sometimes. But oftentimes, it just comes down to the choice of choosing to respect my husband. Um, Emerson Egrich in the book "Love, Love and Respect," the great new marriage book. Also, it says in a relationship conflict, crying is often a woman's response to feeling unloved, and anger is often a man's response to feeling disrespected. So we're having conflict, and you know, it's okay for us to cry because we're feeling hurt. But when the guy gets angry, we're like, "What is his deal? Sign him up for CR right now!" I mean, you know. Um, but really that is just the man's response and just a few weeks ago the girls in our community group were talking about that and two of the girls said I could see my husband getting angry and it, it, I know he said it's because I'm feeling disrespected and um, one of the girls and my husband said like most of the time when we are having conflict it's because I'm feeling like you don't respect me and um, you know maybe I'm not always respectable you know but I don't feel like that deep down you respect me and so that is hurtful and, and you know makes me angry and so um You know, a question that I have a lot of the time, um, I think, and you all probably have, is, okay, I want to respect him, and I can tell him, but how do I show it? Like, you know, I can tell John, you're great at what you do, I respect you, but how do I specifically show it? And so here are some ways um, that... you could show him how you respect him um, verbally and specifically um, respect your husband um, in public and private so you know just think of specific ways even if it's something little you just you did a great job on that honey um, but publicly that's really really huge just in, um, building up your husband if he's around or if he's not um, early on in our marriage I would um, and I'm glad after a couple years of this John finally told me that I was doing it I was oblivious but he um, would make some jokes or I mean, he's y'all heard him talk a lot of y'all he's pretty funny pretty dry pretty funny but um, he would make a joke or quote something and I would always have to kind of maybe explain it or say you know that's from that movie or whatever and he's just like can I not have an original funny thought um, and he just I didn't realize how much that was just really um, making him feel kind of small and um, so just um, verbally and specifically like I said in public and private just to build him up and um, so that goes to the next one really no teasing or sarcastic remarks um just to be really, really careful with that. You know, there's, there's a little bit of playful teasing that goes on, but I think when you're in front of people, you just have to be careful. I mean, you've heard there's a small grain of truth in everything. I don't know if that's completely true, but if it is, you just have to be careful about teasing your husband um, in front of other people. Just think about how they, if they tease us about our weight. I mean, that's kind of, John, I mean, John said that. He said, think about if I said something about that in front of people. And he said, no, it seems silly, but just teasing about anything just kind of feels that way so um, don't correct him in public girls this is a hard one um you unless it's a blatant lie or it has an extreme effect on the conversation, if he said you went out last month and it was last week, there is no reason to correct him for that. There is not at all. Um, so just think about that. Um, again, unless it's just kind of a blatant something or it's a huge factor, um, you can say something about it later, but just don't correct him in front of other people. Um, be careful about talking with your problems, about your problems with other people. Um, please don't hear me saying don't talk about your problems. Um, if you struggling and you're frustrated there's some things we definitely um, need to, to talk through that but um, with people um, what I would say with that first is just really look at yourself first In every conflict um, even if it's one half percent um, you have a part in it and so just to own our part first and um, and that's something at Watermark that we're loving. There's so many things I was thinking about this that I'm so thankful that we are in this body and that that is modeled all over the place looking at our own log in our eye first before we look at other people's back in their eye. Um, but then after that, um, definitely there are places to talk. You know, John and Joy Cup meet with couples all the time if you're in a community group. Um, but just to be careful about going just ranting and raving about how frustrated you are and your problems. Just to do that kind of in the right setting and with the right people. And to be careful about talking to your mom about it um, you know just how frustrated you are with your husband or whatever i just be really um, really careful about that as well which is an easy temptation for a lot of us um, this is another one. respect his judgment at home so he feels really confident everywhere else and then he gets home and feels like one of the kids is that right sometimes um, I order him around and I Give orders to one, two, three, four, and then go ahead and give orders to number five too. And he is not my fifth child, and so. Um just you know they really do most of our husbands love our kids as much as we do and so if they are doing something that's not going to scar them for life or like kill them or something let them just do it their way sometimes um, even if it's not your way um john puts up the dishes for me sometimes and inevitably my kitchen shears are not in the block with the knives and they're somewhere else and i just want to get frustrated sometimes and um Instead of taking the half second just to walk to the shore and get them out of there. And remember, thank you, Lord, that my husband has served me and put the dishes up. So just at home, let him um, just kind of trust his judgment with things sometimes. Um, another thing that kind of plays out for us, let him run points on some things. So John will throw out an idea, and he's spontaneous. Always kind of, We don't stay home very often. If we have nothing going on, we're out That's the whatever zoo or whoever has free admission or whatever that day. And he'll say, okay, let's go ride our bikes in Grand Prairie. And it's 5 o'clock on Friday. And I'm like, why does that even make sense to drive from Richardson to Grand Prairie? And I start listing all these reasons why that's just kind of silly. And um, maybe those are all true, but just this is one thing he specifically said, um, and I totally see it. Um, Just let him, I need to let John kind of have a great idea and kind of run point on it and not shoot it down. So... um, let him figure things out so, stopping and asking for directions or looking at the directions when you're putting them together is probably a lot faster and makes more sense. But um, sometimes just letting them figure it out is really important to them. Guys want to conquer things, and um, just letting them figure it out, maybe without even your help, um, would be would be a good thing um, for you to let them do. And then I think this is really key and kind of overarches all these. And this is huge in the area of communication is assuming the best. Um, about our husbands and so if John's sitting on the couch and there's this pile of things to do my flesh wants to assume that he sees it and he's intentionally just sitting on his rear and not doing anything but if I will believe the best and I know they're not and I'm not either always worthy of believing the best because sometimes I am sitting on the couch and not doing anything but if I will choose to believe the best and think you know what he just doesn't see it and really most of the time John doesn't and if I'll just ask him he's so happy to do it but um, just to believe the best about him that will cover over so many little things and really will do wonders for your heart, um, too. So um, I was talking to Tanya McFarlane last night and just talking over some of this and she's like, did you put in there to pray for him? And I was like, oh yeah, one of the biggest keys. So um the big star by it. When you pray for your husband, um, just... Um, his scale in your eyes just goes goes up I mean he just really the way you love him and respect him um, just really goes up regardless he's done nothing different you're praying for him the way you admire and respect him will go up and so um Okay, I know y'all are thinking, what if he is not very respectable or worthy of admiration all the time or sometimes? Um, Well, I would go back to the beginning. It's a choice. You know, I know that John does not feel like loving me all the time, but it is his responsibility and his command to choose to love me, whether he feels like it or not. And so the number one thing, it is, Our command to love her or to respect our husbands whether we feel like it or not. And so um, that's the first thing. Um, In love and respect, again, um, Emerson Egrich talks about the crazy cycle that um, I think a lot of us, a lot of y'all already are are nodding. husbands will not feel respected and so they don't love their wives wives in, lives in turn are not feeling loved and so they're not respecting and they're just in this cycle and nobody's getting out and it just continues and um, I love the illustration that Todd um, that John uses a lot that, that Todd talked about one time when he and Alex will be having a conflict they'll maybe go to their separate rooms and instead of seeing who can hold out the longest um, they look at it as a race to who can become under the control of the spirit faster who can be the one that's going to step out of the crazy cycle and um, respect even if I'm not feeling loved and that takes a choice Um, but and then there's two or three verses just under that oh where did I put them there's two or three verses I can give them to y'all after I'm sorry they're not right in front of me just the Bible talks about um, in Matthew Jesus says um, he's talking to, to the disciples and he says um I think it's time to the Pharisees and he says um, it's easy to love people who love you but even the tax collectors do that and so just to make a choice to love and respect someone even when you're not feeling loved and respected and then also just in Ephesians just talks about just our eternal reward and so um, we may not see the rewards of respecting our husband I hope we do um, on the earth but just to know that Our work is for the Lord, and so we will see eternal um, reward. A well done, uh, my good and faithful servant. You were not loved very well, but you continued to do what I commanded and respect. And then just because we love Jesus um, and we are loved by him, we can make a choice to respect our husband. And then the last thing I was thinking, if anybody um, out there is like, okay, I just came with my friend, and I really... You know the scriptures don't really mean much to me. I don't. I don't have. Um, you know, I'm not sure about what I think about what Jesus would say, and that doesn't really apply to me very much. There are studies that show that people that um, a woman that will stand up and respect her husband, even when she's not feeling like it, even when he's not particularly respectable at the time, that it does wonders, wonders for him and for her. You know, just like um, when you're complaining and have a bad attitude about your husband, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, same way on the other side of the coin if you are choosing to respect him um, again not always but oftentimes that does wonders for him and then in turn just because you made that choice um, can really do a wonder in your heart So, I love this story, and I choke up every time I read it, but um, I just want to read y'all this really quick story. Dr. E.V. Hill, a dynamic black minister who serves as a senior pastor of Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Los Angeles, lost his wife, Jane, to cancer a few years ago. At her funeral, Dr. Hill described some of the ways that she made him a better man. As a struggling young preacher, E.V. had trouble earning a living. He came home one night and found the house dark. When he opened the door, he saw that Jane had prepared a candlelight dinner for two. He thought it was a great idea and went to the bathroom to wash his hands. He tried unsuccessfully to turn on the light. Then he felt his way to the bedroom and slipped on another switch. Darkness prevailed. The young pastor went back to the dining room and asked Jane why the electricity was off. She began to cry. You work so hard and we're trying, but it's pretty rough. I didn't have enough money to pay the light bill. I didn't want you to know, so I thought we'd just eat by candlelight. Dr. Hill described his wife's words with intense emotion. She could have said, I've never been in this situation before. I was reared in the home of Dr. Carruthers and we never had our lights cut off. She could have broken my spirit, she could have ruined me she could have demoralized me but instead she said, somehow or other we'll get these lights back on but tonight let's eat by candlelight I've actually got such a great picture of um, just a choice to love and respect your husband um, even when the times are pretty dim so practically, I'm going to give you all a practical point for each of these practically, what is one way you can show your husband you respect him one way. Maybe it is stop correcting him in public. Maybe it is praying for him. Um, maybe it is assuming the best. Um, when he's sitting on the couch and you think he is just being a bum on purpose. Maybe it's just assuming the best about him. So practically what's one way that you can show your husband that you respect him. Okay, the next one is so it's not really number two, it's number one and two. But the next one is attractiveness of spouse. We have a brush and a mirror. My good friend, Charisse Fleming, brought this. And it's cracked. I don't know what that says about it. No. She is one of those beautiful people I know. So she couldn't crack this mirror. Maybe it was her husband. But um, anyway, so brush and mirror, um, just to help us remember. And so let me start with um, saying this in all seriousness I know in a room this size there are many women who struggle with body image issues and um, struggle with anorexia and just different different areas under that and I would just um Really, honestly, say if that is just if this is going to add fuel to the fire. Please hear the heart in this. Um, but if it's going to add fuel to that fire, you just turn your ears off for a minute. You know, if that's going to, going to be a struggle for you. Um, but please know that the heart in this is is not to add to that. Um, but I just want to say that definitely looking for this. I just prayed, prayed for it, um, the women that are in that area, um, just to really hear the heart again in this. And so. Um, I love the book um, The Stripes Book Up Here For for Women Only Have y'all read Any of y'all Read that By Shanti Feldman It is um, She got um, Professional statisticians Analysts And did a survey Of about a thousand men And um, just Had some different questions These men were just Gut level honest And I'm going to use Quite a few um, Findings from that But in her book When she would talk about Kind of as she was Wrapping up her book And she would tell men Here's the areas I'm going to kind of Talk about That men wish Women knew about them That number one that men were glad that she was going to write about with this topic, even more than sex or respect, because I think they feel like they can talk to us about their needs, about sex and respect, but um, for a man to try to talk to his wife um, about how he needs her to um, be making an effort to be attractive it's kind of a no-win for a man, you know, (laughs) to talk to the husband who's tried that once, and it was really not a good thing, and so... um, men were just excited just to, 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 um, for her to talk about this in her book so here's what I'm not saying um, I'm not saying again that this needs to go to, to a body issue image at all um, not saying that, and, and she said this in her book and men would say this, John completely agreed I'm not saying that men want us to be a size 2 and back to our honeymoon bikinis um, the heart of it is they would love to see an effort made for us to look attractive for them whatever that looks like, just an effort an effort made Um you know the Bible in First Samuel 16:7, um, I think it says that God um, looks on the heart, um, but what's the first part of that verse? Man looks on the outside. So, yes, God looks on our heart, and that's what's most important. And to our husbands, that should be what's most important, and hopefully it is to most of them. Most of, most of them. But um, God has wired them visually, and it is important to them for us to be making an effort in what we look like on the outside. Um, so, again, they would not say, I think a man that's totally honest wouldn't say, I have to have my wife back in her bikini from our honeymoon. He would say, the effort to um look nice for me the effort to um have some energy for our family and for our kids um, the effort to take care of body so that when we're 80 we can still be kicking and after the kids are gone we can still be doing stuff together that is what's important to our husbands um And so, like I said, maybe this shouldn't be important, but it is. Um, I was trying to think about kind of how this would maybe go over on my side. Like, maybe it shouldn't be important that John sits down with me, and we have this, like, 15- or 30-minute conversation about whether to get the white mixer or the red mixer for our kitchen that we had years ago. Um, You know, that probably shouldn't be important. That's probably really trivial to him. But just the fact that he sat down and made that effort was really was really important to me and so maybe this, the outside shouldn't be that important but it is and so we um, need to make that effort and so it doesn't have to be perfect but just that the effort is there is what's huge. Um, every year John for my birthday coming up next month makes me a homemade carrot cake and I love carrot cake and i it's great because every year um, it's a little different he kind of has made his own recipe and tweaked it through the years and some years it's fine he finally learned after three or four years that I don't like raisins in it and he's finally leaving the raisins out but um, you know last year like and he waits till I go to bed and even though I know about it now he waits until I go to bed to go to the store and get stuff and so it's kind of a surprise and the kids are all excited it's very sweet but last year we ran he grabbed the wrong flour and it was whole wheat which is better but just isn't very good in the carrot cake and Um, it's just kind of dry and stuff but do you think for a second that I did not feel incredibly loved just by the effort that he made to make that carrot cake for me every year and so again with us it doesn't have to be perfect uh, but just the effort that we would make to look attractive for our husband is really huge Um, also it helps their temptation just to look at other women I'm going to say this and please hear me if they look at other women they struggle with pornography it is their sin issue it is not your fault it is their choice But men are visual, and so a woman who is in baggy sweats and has horrible breath and no makeup every time they come home, it's a little harder to look at than the women that they look at all day at work. So think about that. Um, Again, it's their choice to spend, um, but we can help with that temptation. Um, Men have just an innate sense of competition. And, you know, John always will say, you know, men are like dogs. They're just always sniffing each other and see who's kind of bigger and better or whatever. And to have, um, you know, a woman on their arm that they're proud of is important to them. Um, And then, you know, I would also say um, just the confidence. Um y'all have heard people say that and it's really true. I think, you know, just confidence that you have about who you are um, on the inside because the heart does matter and who you are in Christ just really exudes on the outside. And, um, And so, and also we'll talk about this more later, but it really does affect sex. Just confidence in who you are. Um, it really makes a big difference. It can change just kind of a person's outward appearance as well. So, um, okay, a couple of thoughts on this. Don't don't go home and ask him um, about this area. Maybe this is one that you just, because, again, it kind of feels like a no-win for guys, you know. Just you know deep down if you're making some kind of an effort to um, to look good for your husband, whatever that looks like. You know, some of y'all, brand-new babies, I mean, it just looks like maybe just brushing your teeth when he comes home. With, Seriously, and that's it. Um, you know that some of y'all that have more time, Maybe it looks like, you know, whatever. You know, finding out his favorite thing and wearing that more often. Or, um, you know, getting a haircut or whatever. But, um, you know, you all kind of know. I mean, you can ask him the kind of things that he likes, you know, if you don't know for sure. But don't just go home and... Okay, honey. You know, am I really that fat, or what? You know, let's just be really—I mean, really—be be careful with that. Just because it's really hard for them, um, probably, to say that. And another thing I would say: don't constantly just kind of anguish about um, how you don't like the way you look. Um, just that's not encouraging to them to always be saying, uh, or just the. Um, the nonverbal, just every time I walk by the mirror just sign you know and on another note if you have, if you have children especially if you have girls that's not um, great I try to be really conscious of that you know just, um, just to be careful with that but just not to be constantly kind of anguishing about how you're not happy about the way you look so um, do you? Can, I mean ask him about what he likes that's fine to ask pay attention to what he likes you know some people um, hair is a big deal my friend Pam Hoppers will always have short hair because Mark likes that John doesn't care about my hair so I can wear it different ways but there's other things that he likes And so, um, you know, find out what he likes and make an effort to do that. Uh, So think about this. He is around women all day, most professional, or maybe not necessarily women, just professional people all day that are well-groomed and have their teeth brushed and, you know. um, And then he comes home oftentimes to me in my sweats that are two sizes too big or um, to y'all with um, spit up and breast milk all over your shirt you know or you know dragon breath as John says um, about himself never about me um, no, and then he's thinking I drove 30 minutes for this you know so just just think about that um, and so practically um, not out of fear out of what he's looking at out all day and, but out of love for him because you know that's one of his needs practically Think about what you can do to take care of how you look for him. And so it might mean you've got time. It might mean join a gym, you know, but it also might mean you don't have time for that. And really the best you can do is just run a brush through your hair, put on some lipstick and brush your teeth before you comes in. Any kind of an effort um, is huge, but just think about what you could do for him in that area. Hey, the next one is recreational companionship. When I talked to the girls um, in Apple the Gold, the newly married group, Talked about like scuba diving or, you know, like learning to ski or photography or whatever. So, thinking about what we can do and where we are right now, I brought our Wii controller and a book. Because that's kind of all we can do right now. Like, we'll go play tennis, but it's in our living room after the kids go to bed on our Wii. Um, Or we'll read a book together. And so, Find something you can do together, anything. Again, maybe y'all. some of y'all are in the life stage where you can. Let's go take a photography class. You've got parents that live in time. They'll babysit every week, and y'all can go do something. Or maybe it's just when the kids go to bed, I'll beat you in a game of golf on Wii. Um, but just find something you can do together. Uh, there's a story, in I believe it's in Love and Respect, where the couple goes, and they um, are going to go hunting together. And so they put on their camo, and I don't know anything about hunting. Like you put maybe, I don't know, do you put like deer urine on you so you smell? like the woods or whatever and you sit in the deer blind all day it's freezing you say like five words to each other and then on the way home the guy just says oh that was the greatest day and the girl is like what in the world that was miserable but um so they are just i mean maybe not all your guys are hunters but they're just they like different things than we do and so i would encourage y'all to find something you both like And maybe find something that you don't necessarily love, but that would really bless him. So John's reading this thousand-page systematic theology book right now would love to discuss that with me and so um, I think what's realistic for me is maybe just to read one little part like let's just look at one concept just predestination and we'll talk about that I don't think I can get through a thousand pages but maybe we'll just look at one little area Um, but just so maybe make an effort to something that's not your first choice of what you would do Um, so practically here's just some ideas that John and I brainstormed about so you have a husband who's a golfer um, or would would like to be a golfer Um, on your next date maybe you go to the drive range and um You have kind of stakes for whoever's gonna um, whoever wins. What happens maybe in the bedroom that night, you know, or something like that. Um, For a hunter, um, maybe next time you go to dinner, go up to Grapevine and before dinner, you go walk around the Bass Pro Shop and look at all those stuffed wild pigs or whatever they have there. Um, For a car guy, this would be horrible for me. But if your husband loves cars, find out when the next car show is and y'all can walk around that before dinner and um, he'd love that. Um, This is more my husband for a game guy whether it's you know like a video game or um or like you new know, board games or whatever just um learn to play you know maybe you're not even good at it or maybe you're just killing like angela beats jay and boggle every time they play but just play um maybe play a game with him. say hey we're just stay home tonight i'll make you dinner and let's just play play some games. but just find out some area um that he enjoys and see if you can join him in that Alright, the next one is domestic support. This is a weird one. I know a lot of y'all were like, what does that mean? I don't know for sure what all that means. Um, It looks different for every husband. Um, In Proverbs 31, so if you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, and we take it literally, um, nobody can do that, right? Nobody can do everything she does. I don't think it's meant, I think it's just meant to show a picture of a woman who supports her husband. And so the verse talks about, she did him good all the days of her life. Um, Who would not want that said about them? And so just the effort to whatever that looks like for your husband to support him. And so for John, um, one thing that he said it means having a healthy, it doesn't have to be a huge gourmet meal, but having like a healthy meal for him when he comes in. He um, just tries to be healthy. He tries to kind of watch his weight and, and just be healthy. And so um, just to have something um, as an option of chicken nuggets for him when he walks in the door. Um, or if he puts it, taking things off his plate. He went to Africa this summer or this fall and um, I couldn't help him prepare his talk that he was going to be talking there, but I could help him like look up the verses in the African language Bible and write down the page and so just helping him with things that I can do if he's got a lot on his plate Uh, we have some friends and to him it's really important that the house is clean and so um John can step over piles and it doesn't face him, but this other guy, just knowing that her husband, um, it's really important for him to walk into a clean house. It's a big deal. Um, it, so I'll say this, that the key is to communicate our friends who he loves the clean house. She was beat down by that for a long time, and then when she asked him, she found out that it really was just a couple of areas, like the bathrooms were a big deal, and maybe just um, the laundry where he could actually see the couch and not just a pile of laundry. And so that was more realistic to her than have to have every room with the perfect vacuum cleaner lines and all that and so just communication um, is is a key in this area um, here's a huge one in this area support let him dream um, maybe not all of y'all have husbands that are wired this way but a lot of men are visionary and are dreamers my husband is entrepreneur always has a new idea um, idea of the weak man and um even if it's crazy just to let him dream in seminary one of his ideas was to move to Saudi Arabia he loves the numbers and he's really analytical let's move to Saudi Arabia and be a financial planner for a sheik I was like all oh, right. <laughs> that's the craziest thing I've ever heard and if, uh, you know I just let him kind of dream and if we had actually put a sign in the yard and he'd started learning Arabic then maybe I would raise the red flag but just to let him kind of dream most of what he throws out there probably not going to follow through with um, but not to just every time he says something just just say oh, what a stupid idea that is and how impractical that is for your family. Um, and just to have him feel appreciated at home, in the, um, the survey that Shanti does in the book, it says um, one of the questions was, in your home life, do you have thoughts that I'm not appreciated around here? 52% of men said frequently or sometimes that they don't feel appreciated at home. Um, they are really performance oriented and so they're working hard all day at home or they're working hard all day at work for us and just to show some appreciation for that is huge Um, and this goes back to believing the best um, oftentimes, we I think I find myself thinking he's just staying at work late because he really doesn't want to be home, and that m- might be true. But I think generally, husbands are working because they are providing for us and for their job security for us and for our family. And so, um, you know, I wouldn't say you have to agree with that, but just understand that. And so maybe it means, honey, I can live on a tighter budget, tighter budget if you can be home at five thirty as opposed to seven thirty or eight. And if that means a tighter budget, that's fine. But, it's, and I, but I understand that, and I appreciate that you're working for us, but I would rather see more of you than, and have less money. But just to understand that most men are not trying to stay away from us. They're just working for us. Um, and so this leads to a big deal. I'm just be real frank. If your husband is working hard to support your family and he comes home to you spending money like crazy, that is not okay. Okay. Um, and that is like he is trying to fill up this bucket as fast as he can, and you're drilling holes in it as fast as you can. So I know, because um, I've thought it before, there are some of y'all who. Um feel the sense of entitlement I am home busting my rear all day and I can go on my off days or whatever and spend whatever I want and um, that's a sin and that you need to repent of that and um, some of y'all have more more budget and more um, ability to spend and that's great but just to a husband who's working hard and the wife is just throwing it away as fast as she can is incredibly defeating um, to a guy um, another practical thing is greeting him at the door and um, he has solved, solved problems all day, or just how you greet him at the door. He's solved problems all day long. So you really would just love a few minutes of refuge. I learned this three or four years ago. I would just jump and walk in the door and say, hi, hey, honey, and then just here's what my day looks like, good or bad. You know, let's just bombard him right away. Or tell me everything about your day, which he's great about. By the way, he tells me so many details. He's great. But, um that's don't need to happen in the first 10 minutes when he walks in the door. Um, just letting him have, just go put his stuff up, go to the bathroom, change his clothes, whatever it takes. Just a few minutes um, would do wonders. Um, it does wonders for my husband if I'll just let him have just a few minutes when he walks in the door. Um, and then also on that note, just to get the kids excited to see him. It's a big deal. You know, just to say, honey, you know, um, our kids, you know, daddy's working hard, but he's home for us, you know, now or whatever. So just to get the kids excited to see him, um, too. Um, Also in this area, again, we'll talk more about this in a little bit, but um, supportive sex. Uh, There are times when um, having sex with your husband and pursuing that can get him through, it can really fix a horrible week, you know, just a horrible day at work, but come home and a wife pursues him sexually, and that can be a huge support for him Um, so think about that and then um, in Galatians 6 it says carry each other's burdens in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ and so definitely as a wife one of our biggest roles is to carry his burdens and to support him but how can we do that well when we like I said before we are first loved by Christ and when we are allowing Christ to carry our burdens our husbands want to share our burdens with us but the first person I go to with my struggles and my burdens is Christ and just allow him to um, you know he says my yoke is easy my burden is light and Christ wants to carry that for us and so a woman that can truly support and help her husband with his burdens is a woman who first goes to Christ with hers this is a great verse out of the um, Forever or what is, I keep thinking, forgetting the title For Women Only book It's about sending the man we love Into the world every day Alive with the belief that he can slay dragons So he is in this great exciting job Or he is pushing paper in a cubicle all day He needs to go to work Just He is the man He is the man to you and your kids And he can do anything He can feel like Superman And that's so much of his confidence And the way he feels comes from us So practically, just another no-brainer, what is an area that we can support our husbands? It may be me just sitting down for 30 minutes and planning my menus so that it's not 5 o'clock and all I have are frozen chicken nuggets. You know, but thinking through what I can put on John's plate that's healthy. It may mean just giving him 10 minutes when he walks in the door to kind of get his thoughts together, relax from his day. Um, It may mean when he's had a rough day this week that you make sure, as soon as the kids are in bed, that you initiate sex with him. Um, There's lots of areas, but make sure that you just kind of think about one area that you can support him. Okay, and last... To the roll, um is physical love, but not last but not least for sure is um, physical love. And so my prop for this is a Scrabble game, which I will see why later. Okay, just remember that Scrabble game. Um physical love and Song of Solomon you know God wrote a whole book about this in in the Bible um, and that God designed it um, as good and Song of Solomon 5 verse 1 says O lover and beloved that's the husband and wife eat and drink yes drink deeply of your love Um, so I think about when I give my kids a gift when they really, really enjoy it, it is so much fun to me. Um, And that is the way God is um, when we enjoy sex. He has given it to us as a gift in the balance of marriage, um, but when we truly enjoy it to its fullest, it is fun to God. And I know that seems a little odd sometimes to think about that God is is smiling when we do that, but He is. And so just getting a correct view of that is huge. Um, And I do want to start by saying, if um, sex is physically painful or emotionally um, hard for you, that um, that is that is not okay, and that. Um you need to get help for that and again we are at such an amazing place um, at watermark to get help in that area um, you know just to talk to um, to talk to joy um, just people in CR um, there's um, you know sexual abuse that just I mean you could have forgiven that person and think you've moved on but it affects this area hugely one in four women have been sexually abused and that is a huge um, just a huge deal and so we have a ministry here at watermark called shelter from the storm that deals with with that um, there's a book intimate issues um, there's a conference that those women do um, there are multiple ways to to kind of talk about that but um, if it again if it's too emotional to do or too painful then there is um, you don't just push through on that you seek seek help and i would encourage y'all um, to do that but in most of it, I'm just talking about you know the, the normal um, you know a normal marriage where husband and wife are really seeking to kind of love each other in this way. Um, and I'll say this too: if there are situations where he's pushing you or making you do things that is not okay with you sexually, that is abuse. Just to be frank: that is abuse. And if you're allowing that to go on, you are participating in that sin and so um, again we're at a great place where we can come forward with that and John and Joy and the pastoral care team have talked to lots of couples and couples have gotten victory in that area but if um, again if he's pushing you to do things that are not okay with you sexually then that needs to be addressed too um but let's um, let's get in and talk about it um, so often we focus on the physical and forget about the whole attitude side of physical love of intimacy and there is such that's such a bigger side really just the um, chance to be selfless the chance to handle power well um, just the chance to really give of ourselves um, and so in 1 Corinthians 7 5 it just talks about it, it's a sin to withhold um, the sin to withhold from, from our spouse now guys love to Use this verse for women. Like, can you have a to hold sex for me? But they forget about the, you know, Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, so, you know, there are definitely times when, um, when together you mutually submit to, or mutually agree to kind of maybe hold off on that. Or in a situation where there is some abuse or um, just the husband not handling that well. But in most cases. Um, to withhold from each other it's it's not okay Um, Gary Thomas talks about in Sacred Marriage um, if I deny my wife then I'm denying her absolutely she can't go shopping anywhere else all the other stores are closed so when we deny our husband this we're denying him completely he can't go anywhere else rightfully you know without sinning and get this and so um, that's just a big big part that we have to play um so everyone, another area just to move toward each other in oneness. Everyone has different sex drives, right? Different, um, I don't think there's any two people that are married that have the exact same desire for how many times, frequency, and how often, and how long, and all that. Um, we laugh with the pre that there's maybe three days out of the year as the man's sex drive kind of diminishes and a woman's maybe increases. There's maybe three days that they overlap, and the husband's usually traveling. So there's, not, uh, there's probably not going to be a time. And so what that means is that somebody or both of y'all are going to have to come a little toward each other and um, Gary Thomas also talked about I heard him in a Focus on a Family interview he talked about the person it seems like with the least sex drive has the most power in the bedroom and so um, they, he related that to him. that was great in John 13 where Jesus talks about earlier in John I have all power under heaven and earth but what does he do in John 13 he washes the disciples feet even Jesus who he knew what Judas was going to do. Um, And so, um, I want to have sex less than John. I've got probably more power in the bedroom, but what a great chance to serve him by maybe having sex more frequently than I would choose. Um, And so that goes to um, this question in the survey. Imagine your wife offers all the sex you want, but does it with reluctance or simply to accommodate your sexual needs. Will you be sexually satisfied? 74% of men said no. It's way more emotional to them than we give them credit for. For me, just to do it because I know it's the right thing to do and I'd much rather, from my attitude and my nonverbal, much rather be doing something else like sleeping, Um, it's not appealing to my husband. He probably would rather not, um, to be quite honest. And so, um, for us to really understand that a man just kind of feels like, you know, every day I'm going into the ring for the fight for my family and just to really that that physical act can be so um, just so encouraging to him and just make him feel um, just to help him counter stress to help him counter feelings of inadequacy of loneliness I think when we really grasp that I know I do when I really think about that it's so much more than the physical act it helps me realize that that 15 minutes of sleep that I'm missing out on it's just ridiculous to compare to that compare that amount of sleep that I'm missing to what it could do for my husband and for both of us and so that goes to the next thing um, just the prayer that I honestly believe God will answer just I don't feel like it Lord that I would love to serve my husband this way and I can guarantee y'all just the right heart in that and just that prayer that there are so many times when I would much rather do sleep or do something else but in the middle or when we're done or whatever I am always thankful and feel closer to my husband and, and and glad that we did have sex and so just um it made me practically just praying for that praying for that attitude um You know, it's it's an ego boost for men to be sexually pursued. Um, You know, it's it's not an ego crush when um, when we're sitting on the couch and I don't just and I don't jump on John. I mean, but if he's actually making just dropping some hints or making some advances and I don't jump on that, that crushes him. Um, For me to say not tonight, honey, oftentimes he hears or our husbands hear, you're so undesirable, you don't even compete with my pillow. And so just, again, just from what I said, just that 15 minutes or 30 minutes or 5 minutes or whatever it looks like, um, just that um, that you're missing out on that sleep or watching a show or whatever um, just really makes such a huge difference. And for us to grasp just how much more emotion is involved on their part than we really give them credit for is huge. Um, so as it says, oh, let, me, let me say this first. As far as meeting needs, yes, this is a need of his physically. So yes, it's emotional need, but it also is just a physical need of his. Um, but I was really convicted by this in the in the book um, that Shanti wrote. Just, um, am I meeting I'm meeting John's needs, but am I meeting the ones he wants me to meet? So maybe the house is picked up and maybe before we go to bed, like there's no dishes in the sink because that blesses me and I can relax better when my house is clean. But maybe it means, um, you know, just leaving those because I've got, um, you know, five extra minutes that I can get ready, jump in the shower and get ready, um, you know, for intimacy with my husband. Or maybe it means um, during the day, just kind of planning my day a little better and um, so that I have energy or, um, um, whatever, you know, kind of get the kids down a little bit early, just whatever. Having kind of a view all day of, of being with him sexually at night. And so, um, you know, I'm meeting his needs all day long. Am I meeting the ones that would really bless him the most? Kind of to think about that. Um, and so, as it says in Song of Solomon, God designs sex as good. And so I would say go for it. If it is okay with both partners, um, it is okay to do in the bedroom. Obviously, um, pornography or something like that would not be okay. There's many um, therapists that would say, you "No, know, watch a watch a video and kind of get you going or whatever." That's not okay. That's like bringing a third person in to the bedroom and that's not okay. But if it is truly okay with both of you to try different things, um, then go for it. You know, any probably just about the craziest thing you could think of your husband's already thought of it and it's not even that crazy to him to be honest so um, yeah really true so practically um, scheduling it um, maybe in this life stage that doesn't feel very romantic but in this life stage having it on your calendar uh, just a little um, Linda Dilla or one of the ladies at the Intimate Issues Conference talked about she would just write a really small T S, thanks Sex, on her personal calendar and so all day long she was kind of getting her heart and minds ready and y'all know in this life stage with little kids that often is what we need we need to kind of be ready all day long and be praying for it and kind of anticipating it so we've got an ounce of energy and emotional left for our husband at the end of the day and so um Just get over that that's unromantic and not spontaneous. Um, It's not, but um, but just to schedule it, it's it's a great idea. okay anticipation is really big so sending him emails through the day as long as you know he's the only one that reads them um putting notes in his car or if he travels putting notes somewhere um just little um personal jokes that only y'all know that you can maybe say um kind of when you're out somewhere um it's really um really great for a guy um and just be creative um so I've got some funny stories maybe y'all could use um, we have a friend who her husband traveled a lot y'all may have heard this and she would pick him up sometimes at the airport um, in a trench coat and only a trench coat and this was before 9-11 so she could wait at the curb or you know sit in her car for a while but he he knew when that trench coat was on there was nothing under it and so the anticipation of the car ride home was building the whole time and it was the longest car ride home for him but um, okay we all I can't remember to tell y'all this we also have some friends um, who and nobody close so don't look at anybody in my community group um, it's not really um, who at um, they were fixing to go on a trip and she, he he kind of made some advances and she said honey I've got a pack it's super late she said, I will make it up to you tomorrow she said I never do this I never put him off she said I'll make it up to you tomorrow. So on the airplane the next day, which is completely grossing me out, they were um, became a member of the Mile High Club. And um Just think about how that man, um, hopefully he didn't just go telling everybody, but just think about how that brought a smile to him every time he flies after that, every time he flew after that. Um, That was huge for him. Um, Also, just um, kind of break out of the rut of same place, same time. Um, Get creative in where you do it. Um, Yeah, there's lots of places um, that you can that it's better than it's just not just the bedroom um, okay a lot of y'all are in community groups or here with you community groups I would say that um, oftentimes, you know we get together and talk about ways we can hold each other accountable and the guys get together and talk about um, ask each other how they're doing as far as you know looking at anything or how they're doing loving their wives or you know, you know looking at anything they shouldn't be looking at or whatever and um I think oftentimes as women this would be a huge thing for us to do asking how we are doing and pursuing our husband sexually and being responsive to him sexually and how we're doing and even making that creative um, when the girls in my community group and I over the last year and a half that started kind of doing that there was a definite difference and John could definitely tell and um, so just to know that in 30 days I had to come back and say okay here's my creative idea um, was, was great for our sex life and every Everybody, I think, would agree with that. Um, and so here's an idea I had that I'm going to challenge our girls to do. Um, everybody bring like 5 or maybe $10 and set a time limit, 30 or maybe 60 days. Whoever comes back with the most creative that they have done sexually for their husband without sharing all the details, just a few maybe, um, get some money for pedicure, massage, whatever. So just put a little money on it and um, see if y'all can encourage each other um, to be super creative in that area. Um, So my prop for this was Scrabble, and y'all get to go home today with the best Valentine's present. Um, for your husband a copy of the directions to strip Scrabble. This came from... Kind of tweaked from simply romantic nights, family life without a deal, where you've got dates for the guys and girls, and um, you know the, girl, the guys are usually more romantic, candlelight stuff, and the girls think that they're supposed to do or things like strip scrabble. I kind of tweaked it. We tweaked it a little with the directions, but um, scrabble is not expensive. If you don't have it, just go get you a scrabble game, and um, that'd be a great Valentine's present. So I will pass that out to y'all um, before you leave. Um, but just to um, kind of conclude um, there's lots of other ways to meet our husband's needs but those are just kind of the top the top areas that men would say just those five Um, but just the biggest thing again if you leave with nothing else but just um, the fact that you can't love your husband the way God intended and as well as God intended without loving the lover of your soul first without loving your creator I'm so glad that Todd is doing the reengage series in church and I know two weeks ago when he started that it was like he was talking straight to me. I'm sure every one of y'all felt that. Just that until I'm engaged with my creator and the only one, the only one that can meet all my needs, um, can I really meet my husband's needs. And most of us in this life stage, my children's needs as well. And so do not feel, um, again, overwhelmed. Be encouraged. and know there are some things that y'all are doing well. Be encouraged by that. And then just take two or three practical things that you can go home and um, just work on to meet your husband's needs. So Thank y'all, and I um, would love to answer any questions. I have a couple of girls in my community group that I might call on to that are the end of all knowledge in this area. <laughs> <laughs> any questions? Anything is not off, nothing's off limits. <clears throat> Yes, Courtney. You said that to John it's important for you to eat healthy meals. Do you have resources that you can use as far as menu planning or a good way to do that with shopping and groceries? and that an efficient process? Courtney just asked about, for John it was just um, helpful and a blessing to him to have a healthy meal um, and just ask kind of how that works in this life stage with kids and stuff. It's just as simple to me as... um, it's just kind of sitting down, maybe on on Sunday, and kind of just looking through it and just getting some ideas. I don't go elaborate, and I don't try. I've tried before to do like the cooking for a month, um, and that didn't work for me. It may for other people, but um, you know, just to kind of just all really. If I sit down for 30 minutes, kind of make my list, and on my day that I just have two kids instead of four, maybe go to the store then, um, and then just kind of think about it in the morning. Take five minutes so that it's not 4:30, and I've got to thaw out the roast. So it's never gonna, you know, cook in time or whatever. So any other ideas on that? Anybody just a great, healthy cook? Have any thoughts? Cooking Light is a great magazine. Yeah. They've a lot of, like, 30-minute meals. Yeah. That's good. Cooking Light. Yeah. It is a great. And you know, one thing also, um, yeah, Cooking Light is great, and they do, some of them are overwhelming to look at, like I've never heard of some of the ingredients, but a lot of them, there is a section, you know, there's been a lot of them that are, like, quick and easy meals and stuff. Um, you know, there's a Fix It and Forget It um, crockpot cookbook, and there's a Fix It and Forget It Lightly, and so this time of year especially, it's just fun to be able to throw something in the crockpot, and um, that you, if you don't have a big crockpot with, like, a self-timer that um, if you tell your husband this is for healthy meals for us you'll probably find it in the budget for you to do that but that is a huge blessing just to have that done at the beginning of the day so yeah oh, allrecipes.com is a great site because the recipes you don't find it at allrecipes.com and it's a Yeah. That's a good set. Yeah. Good. Allrecipes.com. Yeah, Suzanne. I think the co-op is a great thing. I do five ladies in total and there's three set categories to do for to set not to set So, yeah, And you bring five two categories and we um, bring five of each of those. And so you get 10 different meals. Yeah. Um, so Suzanne's in a meal co op where um, kind of the women have gotten together and she could kind of, I, I looked at it and it was mind boggling to me. But, but she could tell you kind of if you y'all, know, community group, want to jump in on that. So, like you're cooking twice and then you don't have to cook again for like a year, it's great. <laughs> <Not really>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find recipes on there. I think the worst part of grocery shopping is having to make what you have at home and say it's what if you just add recipes, it creates a shopping list for you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So all recipes kind of create the shopping list for you. That's good. Any other questions? Non recipe related or recipe related? I didn't have a question. I just had a comment. Um, when I first got married, um, I was, you know, a little bit down on my body or whatever. And then my husband actually does that as disrespect as well. Like, actually vocalizing that you don't like your body and you have, you know, yeah. it can be a, a you know... I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so Karen said her husband would compliment her, and she just like, no way, you know, and just how he felt really disrespected by that. And that he really did love her. And so I think about that. I think about when um, we had our fourth child, and it was, you know, after the doctor had given the okay, you know, to have sex again in six weeks. And um, I still had a good 20 pounds. I wanted to drop at least. And um, I just remember going, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. I look horrible. And just really, that was specifically when I remember that prayer. Lord, just give me confidence. Help me know that God, that John, loves um, loves my body and knows that this big old flabby, flabby stomach has birthed him four children and that um you know, that he does and so and even just the confidence and I remember being able to have sex and um and just being okay and being great with that and just being being very confident. And um, and that's not always. I mean, definitely I think with us as women, that's a, that's a pretty constant struggle. But just um, to know that even though the outside is important, that most of our husbands, the inside is more important. And so, um, yeah, that's great, Karen. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jean yeah. just said that that's one of the ways to affirm him and encourage them and Yeah, that's right. Helen just talked about just praying with your husband before he goes to work just for the day because he does. I mean, it's just like... um that he wants to go out there and like that idea of just having him feel that he can go out there and fly dragons and that you're behind him. And that just is such a great picture showing that you are behind him and you kinda of care about how his day goes. That's huge. Yeah. No please come here Jeannie. Next month she will be um, one of the greatest speakers you've ever heard and that will be really applicable to your life. So Okay and no oh a few more questions. Do we have time? I guess we a few more. if you if you need to slip out, please do. But Amber I need uh...